Blog Talk Radio. But 
these are things that we talk about in the groups all the time, you know, like just different um, womb things that we need to know as women that we should be doing as far as, like, you know, moving our hips and using different essential oils and different things and taking care of ourselves as far as just having rituals and in the bath and, you know, just the importance of just connecting to yourself and your center. So my goal is to every week is just to bring amazing, powerful women on um, that I have had the, uh, the chance to either connect with in a group or that I saw a video to really just talk about their aspects on just connecting to themselves and what do they do in their daily lives as far as connecting more to the feminine energy and, and the magic of being a woman. And so um, I remember surfing on, on YouTube, and I may have been watching one, one video, but some kind of way I was led to Nubia's video, and she was doing a video that was talking about the movement. Like once you change your diet, um, you know, some of the just the overall structure of a woman, when you go from eating a lot of fats as far as, like, meat proteins and stuff of that nature, if you're pretty solid, when you start to get into this raw food life or more vegan, vegetarian life, you'll kind of see that you kind of get soft and kind of lose some of the shape of the structure. So she was really talking about a couple things that you you could just do to kind of lift your, your, your butt and, you know, uh, flatten your stomach. And I was sitting there doing the moves with her on, on YouTube, and I started to feel like just these amazing things that were starting to just come alive. And I'm like, wow, this is it's powerful. And just the, the way she was, like, encouraging us to, you know, connect to ourselves. So it started there for me, and I just, like, become, you know, um, just, so intoxicated with watching her videos because she's so powerful. So I reached out to her and just definitely said, hey, I got this show that I'm doing on Wednesdays. I would love for you to come and just really speak, um, you know, to the women and just share your story. And uh, she has, did not give me any hesitation, was like, yes, guys, I'm down. And so I think she's actually here. So I just want to let you know that we at LivingLine.net, we want to welcome Nubia, she is the raw food goddess, the womb priestess. She's a holistic practitioner, author of A Raw Life, My Journey from Cook to Raw Foods, and she is the founder and creator of Wombiverse. Um, uh, Queen Nubia One is dedicated to helping women heal naturally with the love and attention that they deserve. So if you want to find out more information about her now as she's getting ready to come on, you can visit her website at theblackberrybeauty.com. Again, that's www.theblackberrybeauty.com. Nubia, I hope this is you on 510. I'm going to open up the lines and see if this is my goddess. Let this be you. Peace and blessings, sister. Yay! It is me. <laughs> I got some oh blessings. my God. Yeah. Wait, wait, so- wait, wait. I got to welcome you right when you come outside. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. That was beautiful. <laughs> Every woman need one of them machines. We all I need know. to have that. That is like, so every time we're feeling down, every time we're thinking today ain't our good day, our good here day, our, our good body day, we can put that on and be like, applause. That was beautiful. Thank you. I know. You know what? We need it when we wake up in the morning. I would love some, like, when I woke, we just came, sat up in the bed, I just heard these applause. You know, but that's a, that's, that's a Leo in us, though, Nubia, that wants the applause. I think that's really what that is. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know that's right, girl. I was thinking about, isn't it amazing that the president of the United States is a Leo? I said, we want to sit on stage, and that's the biggest stage in the world, girl. So I think that's what it is. It's so about embracing your personality. Like, I think that I, I, if I could, I'm sorry. Anyway, hi, everyone. Hi. <laughs> We're so excited to have you. Thank yes. you so much, so much for being here with us today. You are so welcome, sister. Thank you for having me. You know, you're right. I did say yes without hesitation because I could feel people's spirit, and I felt your spirit through the Facebook page. I just knew this is somebody I really want to connect with and, and share whatever I had to share. So I want to say mm-hmm. thank you to you as well, Queen, and anytime. I'm very oh. honored. Yay! All Very right. I watched yeah. your video, the the recent video you just released. I, I I watched that one, and I watched a whole lot of your videos today. So today I'm, like, really all in your spirit right now. So I know you can probably feel me. <laughs> but the video, the one that you just did um, about just um, really have we lost touch of our just our instincts. That was yeah. so powerful, and it yeah. took me on a journey, right, because, like, you know, one of the things I mentioned to you that Wednesdays is just really about us having these sister girl talks that we may not necessarily have when we were little girls with our mothers and coming up. You know, some of us grew yeah. where our mothers were not as open with sexuality yeah. and just the feminine energy, so we missed some of that along the way. But it's okay because, you know, it's never too late to, to start, so here we are. But um, one of the parts that took me on a journey of is the feminine instinct, right? So really talking about have we, how far have we gotten away from that, the sense that uh, the women now are, you know, carrying on this masculine energy so strong and we're we're trying to disconnect from it. But one of the things I just really want to talk about was that, just the feminine instinct. And what was your views on that since you, you kind of talked to, talk to us today or in your video about us is really, you know, um, losing, you know, being in touch with our instincts and talking about the animal instinct part of That was just so deep to me, some of the things that you were saying on the video. Thank you. Yes, yeah, so you know what? I think this whole week my, I've been really playing with the thought of intuition and instinct because all the videos really, it's an autobiography, girl. I'm talking about myself. So, you know, but I love that everybody else connects with it as well, the people that do. And so why this intuition, intuition? This word, because of this, like you said, the emergence of the divine feminine, the fifth dimension that we just entered in, this wonderful 2013 energy, everybody feels it, everybody feels it, whether they're male or female, that something beautiful and feminine is really happening right now. And so I guess because of that energy, I kept thinking of the word intuition, intuition, and even the term women's intuition. So almost saying that it's something that women have naturally. And I thought how so many people asked me, I did a video today, um, which is interesting because I did the basic instinct, but I did another video today, and the question someone asked me today was, how do you know the difference between, and we're talking about being a woman, and we're, we're contemplating something, and we want to know if that voice that spoke to us, is that a voice of fear or is that a voice of intuition, and how do you know the difference? And that was juicy to me. That was like, now that's a great question because they do seem so close together. And I, I really started talking about, uh, well, I'll go back. In basic instinct, I was saying that 
I think we should take out the word intuition just for a second because maybe that word is a bit too strong for us. It's because, like you said, when we were young women, we, we did not have to sit down openly sexual talks with our mothers. We did not. We were told to, you know, divert our eyes, keep them low, legs closed, and dress down. And that was about the right. most information we on sex. So mm-hmm. I thought about that that idea that maybe within that your intuition was killed or at least stifled and that maybe we don't know what intuition is because we never were allowed to use it. And then when we tempted to use it, people would tell us that it was off, that's totally ridiculous, it doesn't make sense. I mean, we were saying things about, you know, why do I feel different today or this week? I wonder if it's the moon. And people would then tell you we're crazy, the moon doesn't control you, and but now we know it to be different. And so I said to myself, well, if we can't get to intuition, if, we don't, if that word is just too loaded, let's talk about instinct. And I was saying I'm watching this uh, Planet Earth. It's a beautiful uh, documentary about uh, this, the, the wonderful species that we share this earth with. And the one thing I noticed was their instinct was intact. It was, it was synchronized. They were communicating. They, it was the most amazing, most organized thing for, uh, for living beings that are not supposed to have what we call intelligence. So I started thinking about that. I thought, well, maybe we, we, intuition has been beat out of us. Maybe it's been talked out of us. Maybe it's been uh, intellectualized out of us. And how do we can just go back to basic instinct? And I thought about it, so I said, is this, this is not necessarily intuition. Maybe what we're getting back to is instinct. Instinct is, and I kept thinking about this Zen Buddhist saying, that when you ask a person what is Zen, Zen is I eat when I'm hungry, <laughs> I sleep when I'm tired, and I drink when I'm thirsty. And it seems so simple, but it's so profound. And what the saying is saying is that we're so disconnected from our naturalness, our basic instinct, that we do the opposite of those things, and that's why we suffer. That is what causes the suffering. And I kept thinking, well, wow, if we could drink, and I thought about animals. I noticed they eat when they're hungry. I don't think they kill when they fall. I didn't see that on the video. It wasn't that or it wasn't cold. <laughs> I think that when they're thirsty, they're going to get water. And when they need to rest, like lions who sleep 20 hours a day, they're resting. How do they know that and we don't? And how do we heal ourselves just by going back to basics? And I thought, forget profound statements. If everybody could just say to themselves, when I'm hungry, I eat. When I'm thirsty, I drink. And when I'm tired, I sleep they will be more imbalanced, and really they're just metaphors. It means that when I'm hungry, sometimes I drink water. When I really need a drink, I eat, and when I'm sleepy, I'll eat instead of sleep. So how is that taking us out of balance? And so, yeah, so I think that intuition comes in when we, I think there's something that happens after we learn about our basic instincts. Then this other thing comes up. It's called fear. And so, yeah, how do we know fear from intuition? I think in our society, most of the time we're operating out of fear. We still haven't gotten to intuition yet because we're really acting out of fear because we were told in these households that didn't share this sexual information with us or intuitive information that, uh, you know, I'll give you examples. I grew up in a family where my mom told me that all men were guilty until proven innocent, <laughs> not the other way around. <laughs> 
Oh, I had a client today tell me that her mom said, uh, if a man do one thing wrong, then you're supposed to throw him out. You know, never give a second chance. And look at these things that we are carrying. Nothing to do with our intuition, but they have everything to do with fear. And I'm feeling like if we, get, if we can name this fear, we can get to the intuition. And, like, the difference is about intuition, I will say this quickly, the difference with intuition, which is so great, is you don't never have to question if, it, if intuition is, is playing a role because it's, intuition is to know. It's an inner knowing. So intuition knows. Intuition don't contemplate. It don't intellectualize. It doesn't analyze. It knows. So when you mm-hmm. made a decision and you're going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, you're probably not acting out of intuition. You're probably acting out of fear. And it's okay because at least we know it now, so now we can look at it more closely, you know. So that's why I was Yes, because, you know, you mentioned about the the thing about fear and how do we know. I think one of the ways that we can, you know, almost identify the difference between it being fear or something that's innate in us is the fact that how do we feel when we actually are in fear of things? Like, you know, go to the extremes. How do you feel when you're watching a scary movie or something is fearful? What does that vibration feel like? So that when you have something that's coming up, if that vibration feels similar, that's fear. That's right. You know, that's, that's fear. That, and, and I think that's one of the things, too, that really uh, puts us in the knowing of the difference is when we can kind of, and I say this all the time, that we can find a foundation of half mm-hmm. of the things that we think and feel, we can go back and try to find a point of origin to what those things are, it will connect a whole lot of things in our lives. I think a lot of the reason why we are so chaotic is because we don't know yes. where these things come from. We don't know where our religion yes. comes from. We don't know where our yes. faith comes from, our color comes from, the, the words. Yes. What do these things come from? And they make us yes. go crazy. <laughs> That's absolutely right. Yeah, I think that old adage and that old spiritual saying is to know thyself, it's more than a notion. It's, it's bigger than we think. It does connect us. And I think for women particularly, to not know ourselves, and we are the, the mothers of civilization, we are giving birth to children that then will not know themselves on a metaphysical level, a physical level, and a metaphoric level. And so I think that I, I'm so glad that we are having shows like this. I'm so glad that we are getting in touch with ourselves and not being afraid to do it because there's that fear again. Remember, too, if you want to talk about this historical perspective, and we're talking about historical perspective, just of African Americans alone, let's, and let's just for a minute talk about that, we were not, we, there was no choice, if we're going back to the enslavement holocaust, of what you would eat each day or what you would wear each day or where you could go each day. Your life was very much controlled. And I think that then our parents kind of picked up that. And, looked, and what our parents thought they were doing was keeping us safe. So there's some love in the madness, but they thought they were keeping us safe. And in actuality, you know, maybe they were in their own way stifling our our creativity only because their creativity was stifled as well. So you're right, not knowing yourself and knowing your history, you can't even figure out where it came from. But I do say this, if you could at least just go back as a, as a woman today and go back in your mind as that child and just write down, I mean, and do it in in an exercise, kind of make it fun. Just write down all the things that you were told about your instincts, 
and your intuition. And everything, every say, every family got family saying, things are passed down for generations, and really dissect that and see if that's true for you. Because we are fear, it's, I mean, it's powerful in that we operate out of it and we don't know it, and then we do. We have, we have to ask questions like, is this fear or, you know, is it my intuition? Is it my intuition that's saying, saying don't stay in that relationship or is it fear? And I think fear plays more of a role than we think. And so I, I, and I'm, I'm checking that out in my own life. That's what's so freeing. And it is freeing, everybody that's listening. It's very freeing to know, like you said, the origins of why you're here. Very freeing. Because mm-hmm. I know me just as, as a woman when I started to do that, when I started to um, try to figure out the origin of some of my behavior patterns, I started to really look at my past. I started to really remember the first, if I wanted to look at how I was having issues in my relationship with with my husband and I needed to go back and get the first person or the first man I ever fell in love with, that was my dad. So I had to look at, you know, some of the connection points there, you know, in everything and how he treated me on all levels and how this was my expectation from that point. See, that's when we start talking about, you know, the difference between the programming and the intuition things that, that start to come in. So when you start to look at these patterns and you start to see, wait a minute, am I really just playing this out or am I really choosing this? Like, what's really going on here? You know, and, and like you said, we, we have to question. We have to question where where these things come from because if we never question, then to me we live a life. That's living a life of fear. That's really yes. you always in the comfort zone, not, you know, yes. pushing the envelope, then that's living a life of fear, and that's what starts to deteriorate our bodies as woman, man, whatever you are. But it definitely starts to attack your organs. Your organs are supposed to be played with creative energy, with being open, with being free. And if you are in a comfort zone, that's not that's not living in, in freedom. That's not just exactly. living in restrictions and in the control, like you said, us especially as people of color, just being coming into this control mindset, it's stifling right. our creative energy. And to me, when you stifle your creative energy, you, you start to stifle right. your body, and everything about you starts to break down, yeah. everything. Oh, so true, sister. And, yeah, I agree with you so much about, yeah, the effect of fear on the body. I mean, how detrimental that is. But I realized, too, I thought about, too, well, why are we allowing fear to run our lives? I mean, a lot of us don't know. But when we do know, and where did it come from, that's the question you were asking. And what I keep coming back to is that the fear we have is the fear that I'm going to get hurt if I take that chance, if I get out of my comfort zone. It's a fearful place out there, and I may get hurt. And I think, well, wow, what is that? I mean, we're strong people. What is this thing about getting hurt? Why not take the chance? When you've been so hurt, Physically, mentally, spiritually, I'm realizing for so long, (laughs) for so many centuries, I think that we carry that within us. And so a lot of the fear is not necessarily what we could see today. It's really something that has been carried, has been passed down, a fear that we live with daily and we don't even know it. Fear of losing our job, fear of losing our position, fear of losing our spouse. Fear of losing. So we have fear of losing our home. This is a real thing. And I think that part of us is almost, you know, staying, sitting in a place 
where you feel really comfortable right now and everybody that's listening and really saying to yourself, I am safe. I am safe. No one can hurt me. I don't need to fear falling deeper in love because what what is the saying? On the other side of fear is love. And so many people call me because that's what they want. That's what they want to get to. And really, it's not that far away, love. It's just these obstacles that we need to really, really dismantle and then never have them again because we don't have to have obstacles to get to love. But we've been taught that everything has to be hard. So I think that just just that remembering that we are safe, that we don't have to live the lives of our ancestors, that they are our ancestors because they want us not to live that life, and that we have we have help, <laughs> we have spiritual help that will guide us if we ask. And when you started off talking about the yoga and the movement and the food that I, I talked about in my videos, I think that's what got it to me that I don't have to be in fear anymore that I could clean my womb and I could open up to my creativity and I could live in love. And even after all these years, fear still comes up for me. So it's, it's, a, it's a definite work in progress, but, it's, again, I can only say the word I said before, and I listen to sisters and brothers that are listening. It's so freeing. It's almost like somebody turned the light off in a very dark room and the light was turned on and you're just, oh, my God, was this way what I was missing? <laughs> you know? It's a beautiful thing, and uh, I, I see us really getting better at it. So I'm happy about that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, you know, and one thing you said as far as the the um, situation about the I, I, the fear part, I wanted to say when you um, when you mentioned that it it brought up something for me a download that I had um, when me and hubby were were in trance and doing some work, and um, it was that you should trust. And everything outside of that is fear. And I think the reason, like, when I start to just meditate on that line, you know, the more we start to get into in, the knowing that we are the creator and that we're creating everything, then there is no fear. So that means you can just simply manipulate it with just the simple thought or the simple gesture of happiness or whatever it is, a little simple magic, when you realize that you are the painter of this picture. You know, and yes. it's the power of the pen that we, like you said, that fear still comes up because, you know, we have to realize that our mind is just like a computer. Like we are, it was built off of the mind. That the computer was built off of the mind itself. So yes. when we think about yes. it, we still have those programs that pop up, but the more tools that we put in yes. there like yoga and we put in there like having healing circles like this and conversations like this, that when those yes. fears try to pop up, you have other programs and stuff now to use, other tools that can be used so that you can dispel this whole idea of fear and know that trust and everything outside of that is fear because that means you know that you control it all. You know that you are the master of this this, this beautiful thing that you're trying to create. So what are you fearing? You're fearing that you can't hold the pen straight? <laughs> Come on, girl. and you know what you know what it is too, and I realize that because you're absolutely right. We are co-creators. We create this reality. We can change it at any time. We can rewrite the script. Everything you said, but I think that the the idea is that people don't know, didn't were not taught that they actually have this kind of power. And oh, we talked about basically trusting. So we're talking to people that 
trusted their parents and they were molested. They trusted mm-hmm. their pastor and they were raped. They trusted their, yeah. you know. So that trust word is such power. It's a, such a powerful, wonderful word, and it's a word mm-hmm. that I think that we have to either reinterpret or. Um, yeah, bring a better understanding of what it is because I agree with you. You said it already. You gave a definition in your own way. It doesn't trust is knowing that there's something beyond you, something above you, something maybe higher than you if you want to look at it that way that really has your back. And one can say, well, you say that now, Sister Nubia, but nobody, when was that higher power when I was being tortured, you know? Where was that higher power, you know, when I was being violated? And I mean, cause this is women that I talk to daily, so that's kind of a hard concept to say, well, you know, you could. And I think what I, I, I would want to say to that is, you know, find something <laughs> that you can trust in because that's where it starts. Do you trust the baby that you just gave birth to? Do you trust them? Do you trust yourself to make good decisions now that you're an adult? You know, and then you can start expanding. Do you trust your spouse that's sitting next to you? Do you trust your best friend? I mean, because I think for us, the uh, trust, and people have said, trust me, you know, I'm from New York. That's like the biggest, you know, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. You don't trust me. So, you know, I think that, uh, and so I think that what happens with, I think trust, faith, I think it has a lot to do with the heart chakra. And once that trust has been violated, the first thing that I think people do, men and women, they do is they close the heart. They they we intuitively know that the heart is where we receive and we give. And so we shut that down first. We like, well, huh, well we ain't gonna be giving over season because, you know, I'm not trusting. And I would say why you would want to learn to trust is exactly against the strategy which you said already, which is because the 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 fear and the anger and the shame, it actually makes you sick really plain. It really makes you sick. And if you don't want to be sick physically, mentally, spiritually, then you're going to have to start trusting in something. And I think that that beginning is really a start of the beginning of trust is a start to something really wonderful for a lot of women, you know. So, yeah, so it's it's simple, but it's, it's complicated. <laughs> it, it is. It's very, very complicated. It is. It is. But I think, like you said, the more we, we work it out, that's the reason why we have these talks. And we have this because if we can share the downloads. You know, if you can share the downloads you're getting, I'm sharing the downloads. And now we, this is how we bridge those gaps. We get back to that, that beginning, that I am state, that we know that we, like you said, we are the co-creators of it all, and we know that there's always a purpose and a plan, and no matter what it is that we that we attract in or that we bring in. And I was reading um, on your website when you said that you would notice that when you would go through certain situations that you would, you know, um, go through stressful times in your life or whatever, you would start to have, like, these chronic things that would start to come up. And I want you just to share a little bit about that and kind of segue into, like, a uh, universe for us to let us know what, what that what that is and how you uh bring this to us and the things. I know you do like yearly get togethers um for this, right? Yeah, sorry, say that last part again, sister I didn't quite hear oh. that. No, I was 
saying, um, I wanted you to, to share your story about um, the, being the founder and the creator of, of Woundiverse. Because I was reading that you said that you would notice that when you would go through these stressful times, that you would start to notice that you would, you know, have uh, indigestion. A lot of the health problems that we as women, uh, you know, complain about, the yeast infections and, you know, the menstrual issues are throwing our cycles off and, you know, just stressing yeah. the face, having acne. And I wanted you to come and just share your story, what you kind of found yeah. in your process of going through it and just explain to us what Universe is about. Great, I love to. So yeah, so I mean, definitely, I must give you know just thanks and praise to Sister Queen of Fula, who really opened mm-hmm. my eyes to the correlation between what we uh, what we contract, <laughs> whether it's this ease in the body, mind, or spirit, has everything to do with either some past hurt traumas, and that they're in our body, they're in our wounds. And that until we address them, we're going to continue to have yeast infections, endometriosis, fibroid tumors. I love it. The sister goes further than that. We're going to continue to have tornadoes, hurricanes, and earthquakes, okay, because we're talking individually, but then there's a collective, right, all of us. And so I'll say this. So I was, I would read all these metaphysical books. I mean, I read it as a hobby. My mom, our belief system, I realize now, was very eclectic. And we were uh, not very Christian-based. We were very much metaphysical-based. So it was something that I was brought up with, but, of course, you lose it and you go out in the world, and, of course, you come back. And so how did I get back into metaphysics? Well, I started to, like many women, like many of my girlfriends as well, reoccurring yeast infections. Why? Now, I understand why, in one sense, on a very physical level, uh, if I got a yeast infection, I go to the doctor, he's going to give me antibiotics, and he's going to say, make sure to take it for seven days, even if it starts working in three. And then everybody knows the antibiotics takes away the probiotics, the good bacteria in your body, which then causes you to now have a yeast infection. <laughs> okay, so that's a vicious cycle. But really, though, more deep than that is the doctor didn't give me the yeast infection. This this is the light bulb went off. Okay, so vaginosis, uh, bacterial vaginosis, cervical cancer, uh, venereal disease or STDs. I mean, I'm saying it because I know women are going through it now, fibrotumors, HPV, a really so-called new one, right? So why are we, when we're, we want to pay attention. What I started doing was paying attention to the parts of my body that were ailing. And I noticed that it was real similar. It was mostly all related to vagina and the womb. And so I really started saying to myself, look, I can't keep taking this medicine. I know this stuff is killing me. I can't keep uh, wondering what it is. It's something deep, and I'm ready to find out that I don't want to do this anymore. And that's what happened. So I said, okay, Kuna Fula, Heal Thyself, the first book that she wrote, Heal Thyself. I, I became a vegetarian, read it overnight, Still experiencing, though, some issues, right? So I'm thinking, oh, my God, this is more than food. So I got Sacred Woman, and I started going into the gateways. It's a book if people ever wanted a sacred woman, a guide to healing the feminine body, mind, and spirit by Queen of Four. I got this book, and this book said, your womb has a voice. That My womb has a voice. <laughs> your womb is speaking to you, and let me tell you her language. She speaks to you with diseases. She speaks to you through the yeast infection, through the bacterial vaginosis, through the venereal diseases, through the what have you. 
And I thought, wow, now that sounds right. And that mm-hmm. the reason why it's that particular area, you are right. Our womb is about creativity. If our mm-hmm. creativity is full and disease will do that, then we're not able to create and we're like we're almost like we're busting at the seams, literally some of us, a lot of weight gain, all these things. And so this is how Wooniverse started. I got I went on a journey to say, Okay, well I'm ready to do this. So I got up at four in the morning. You know, I I read the entire book. I understood it. I got those tools that I needed to get for my altar, got my salt for my bath, and I stepped into that bathtub. And by the third day, I kept wondering, why did I not do this for myself? What took me so long to love myself like this and to spend this much time? Another symptom is needing somebody to complete you, looking for your love outside of yourself. All those things are kind of like womanishes. And so I I basically, I they say, healed myself. I did. And in so many ways, never had any perception again. How many years has been? Too many to count. Never had bacterial lesions again. Never had any of these things again. <laughs> and it was something I was having every day or, you know, every whatever so often. And so I said to myself, people knew me. They was like, well, how do you do it? Teach us all how to do this. And that's what, how it started. It started just from that simple way of, really paying attention to my woman self. And uh, now I get to pay attention to lots of my sisters' women selves. And I, it feels good. It feels good. But, yeah, that's basically how first started. And, and, then I, and then what's one thing about life and people have to know, when you open yourself up like that and you allow your creativity to flow, you just get so many blessings. And so, of course, I went higher into my veganism and decided to become a raw foodist, and that's how I started all the videos. I simply was so excited about being a raw foodist and how great I felt, I just wanted to share with other people. And now, 355 videos later, <laughs> you know, it was. So, but that's how Wooniverse really was established, and uh, I'm glad I did. It feels very, very good. Yes, because your videos are powerful, and you can just feel the healing and feel the process of what you went through, and you just inspire us all to just really connect. Like I told you, just the very first video I saw, I was standing there with you doing it. He was like, okay, come on, let's do it. And I'm doing it with you, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, I'm starting to feel something open up, and it's like, you know, it's the little things that we just do not know. Like you said, that she's talking to us, and we talked last week on the show about um, just different at-home care that you can do on a daily basis that helps you to stay connected to your feminine energy because you'd be surprised. And it's the one thing we talked about last week that a lot of women and men, but especially women, are not having, are not taking baths because they don't have the time. And we mentioned about how much time is important as far as that you dedicate this to yourself because being a woman, we do, you know, so much giving and so much listening and nurturing, so it's important that we give this, this to ourselves. You know, I had a, a recent revelation that of myself is the fact that I'm doing this giving and I do a lot of talking and I do a lot of you know, uh, nurturing other people, but I have to make sure that I stay connected to Gigi and give Gigi that time. And I wanted to ask you, like, just some things that you can share with us that you may do on a daily basis that, you know, that self-care for you that keeps you connected to your womb and keeps you connected to your feminine energy. Yes, sister, thank you. Yeah, there is. You know, I get clients every day, and basically everybody really is asking the same question. It's 
How do I stay connected to the divine? How do I stay connected to intuition and that voice that that really shares with me where I need to be, when I need to get there, how I need to get there? And I say the same thing, and I know they think she can't get that same prescription to everybody. It can't work, but I really do. I mean, unless you have high blood pressure or some other thing, a bath, a bath, a bath. If we understood the healing power of water, or hydrotherapy is what they call it. And not just a bath, although a bath a day, any time of day would help. The power in doing something the same time every day, that just builds an energy that really becomes your aura. And your aura is something that actually should be protecting you as well. We look at aura as everybody has one. Some people are bright and some people are dark. No, but what is the purpose of this high aura? It's really to protect you and to keep you alone. And so daily ritual, ladies, and I'll tell you, you won't regret it. Everybody can get up at 4 Although I will say getting up at 4 a.m. is a spiritual thing. Dr. Jude Pukrom, as well as Sister Queen of Fua, talks about the, the heightened melanin in our pineal gland at that hour of 4 a.m that we're able to hear spirit much more because our melanin is at its highest point. So there's a reason for the 4 a.m. Also, 4 is the number of the angels. So when we see 4, 4, 4, 4, or 4 is around you, it's that the angels are around you. They're surrounding you, telling you how much they love you and they have your back. So it's a protection. The other simple reason is because many people around the world, whether they're Buddhist or what have you, are praying around the world at some point at 4 a.m. they're getting up. So you're really in alignment with all these good things. And so the bath, the bath, this is what it's doing for you. And I promise you, I say to people, they say, I got asthma. I say, get up. They say, I got fibroid tumors. I say, get up. They say, I have bad relationships. I say, get up. What do you mean, Sister Nubia, get up? Get up and take your bath because it will fix everything. And why is it fixing everything? Because what it does, so this is a bath. I'll give you a really example. So you know you want to run your water. I'm definitely going to spell it out because people ask questions. So you want to run your water. You want to make it a temperature that is comfortable for you. You want to add, depending on how much you can take, you want to add a cup to two cups of sea salt. It doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be dead sea salt, even the Epsom salt. But sea salt, you don't want no iodine salt, you don't want table salt, you want sea salt. You want to put that in your bathtub. Now, me, I'll just tell you this. I order a 50-pound bag. I just do that way. We just use it to our bones. I use a lot of salt. But, uh, you put a lot. You put about a cup or two in, and you sit in it, and you soak. So people say, but Nubia, what am I supposed to do while I'm in the bathtub? So for all you sisters that ask me this, I'm so glad I'm on the show to tell you. I usually say you don't have to do anything, but people want something. So let me give you something that you can do. What what the purpose is is that you're learning to listen. Is she to talking? Yeah, to hear your womb talk. That's it. That's what it is. And there's nothing more. And once you start to have that conversation with your womb, you start to know daily what you need to wear, what colors would be beneficial, what people you need to talk to, what blocks you need to turn down, you've already checked in. You know, I think about this beautiful quote by Dr. Martin Luther King. I'll never forget this quote. He was being interviewed by some reporters, 
They said, Dr. King, we have a question for you. We want to know how do you get all the things done in the day that you get done in the day? It's pretty amazing, your itinerary. How do you do it? And Dr. Martin Luther King said, I give God the first hour and God gives me the rest. And that is what getting up at 4 a.m. and taking a bath is. It's giving your creator the first hour of your day or more. You would have to be in alignment with everything that is good. And so it takes out toxins on a metaphysical level, spiritual level, or level. And so number one ritual, take a bath and sea salt. If you're not, if you don't have high blood pressure, it would be a great thing to do. That's my number one recommendation. Number one. Forget everything else. <laughs> that's the one. Okay. Well, good. That's, that's a confirmation because that's what we were talking about last week, about definitely um, making your bath a part of your day, even if it means you have to, um, you know, do it in – even if it means you have to do it, you know, in the morning or before you go to bed or however it means you have to do it, you definitely have to get into that space, you know. And you mentioned earlier about um, your altar and having, you know, the importance of, of having a shrine. Do you have, you know, is that something that you use as far as uh, how often do you visit your altar or how often do you go to your shrine? Is that also a part of something that you do on a daily basis or a weekly basis? To kind of keep connected to your, just your center? Definitely, sister. That's a great question. Definitely. So because I get up at 4, one of the things that I do is I get up immediately and do my yoga, and right afterwards I do my prayer and meditation, and I do it at the, at the uh, I have prayers, particularly from Sacred Woman, the book, I do the prayers at the altar. So my altar is always a candle on the altar. The altar is always lit. I can view it and look at it every time I walk into my room. It happens to be in the bedroom. I'll tell you how deep the altar is, ladies, if you're listening, and men. The altar is so deep that let's say you move, or let's say you move to a new place. So, of course, you, you know, you take down your altar because you're moving. You're moving to a new place. And for the first few nights, you don't put up your altar. Something just doesn't seem right. You, you don't feel as grounded. And I think that that's what the altar wire is, it, it, the energy that it holds. It definitely grounds you. It instantly reminds you that you are a spiritual being, instantly, and that you'll have helpers and that they are connecting to you. And, but that's something you talked about, the co-creating, the free will, if you will. But they can only come to you if you summon them. You have to ask for their assistance and ask for them to be with you. And so, yeah, the altar is a big part. But sometimes, you know, I'm human, so I get lazy. I don't always change the water of the altar. So, ladies, if you want to uh, erect an altar, there's just it's very simple. Some people have really elaborate altars, and they're so beautiful, so I admire people. Some people have very simple altars. The power is what your, your belief is the power that you put into the altar, not so much all the things, but you would want to have at least the four elements. That's what you look for in the altar. So anybody tonight that's thinking about building an altar and you think you need 50 things, I'm going to tell you a simple altar erection that you can do that's very easy. And one is so you get a nice cloth, and mostly white because it's neutral, it's purity, it's clarity, and so you can use a white cloth, but you can use any color cloth that speaks to you. And then you want to have the four elements. You want to have a glass or a jar of water. You want to have a candle. So you have your water representing water. You have your candle representing fire. But the candle also represents air. So the, the air is actually keeping the fire lit. 
and then you have earth. You actually have a plant or something, and that really is a basic altar. Now you can add your unks or your shaker rays or your incense or your pendulums or your healing cards, numerology cards, or your pictures. And that's what you can add to it, but it's a um, it's it's just a beautiful thing. And sisters, don't feel so upset if you don't, and brothers, if you don't always keep the altar up. The altar will call you. You start seeing you start seeing yourself get out of balance. You'll be like, let me go back to my altar and that bath because I'm kind of like not being able to make great decisions right now. And it's not anything. I want to make this. I want to really point this out. It's not some scary stuff, you know. You're not calling up the dead that are just hateful people. It's it's more you're connecting to your own spirit. I, I just want people to really know that it really is for you. It's your gift. It's saying I acknowledge the God or goddess within me, simply. So, yeah, I, I, altars are a wonderful daily ritual for me. Yeah. Yes, and I'm going to ask you, too, because I know we were talking this weekend about um, just the differences in an altar and a shrine. Do you have an altar and a shrine, and could you kind of give us your point of view of the differences of an altar and a shrine? Yeah, I, you know what? It's interesting. I, I, that's such a good question. I've never been asked that question before, but I think it's a good question because I think people are afraid of the word, and I think shrine really scares people because mm-hmm. <laughs> they think thinking, you know, you call, I don't know, you might, they might think you're calling up the devil, girl. I'm not right. really sure, right. but I think the idea is or that you're worshiping some people, you know, you only mm-hmm. should worship God, you know, you shouldn't worship another and I think that that's it's the wording in there. I, I think that, yeah, I think there's, I think the shrine definitely is because there's ancestral altars, which one could call a shrine. So mm-hmm. ancestral altars, yeah, they are very specific. I mean, they're so intricate in many belief systems. It's about seven glasses of water or nine. You have to put a certain amount of pennies. You have pictures of all your deceased loved ones or, or maybe one particular loved one. So that's, that's one way to do it. If you really want to get into the science of a shrine and, and the numbers and how many things and items you have, there are books for that. Actually, Ayala Van Zandt has a great book called Tapping the Power Within. She did a, the, 20 years later, she did a remake of the book. And if you want to know more about shrines and altars, she really is a Yoruba priestess, and I recommend that book to anybody. There's another yes. woman named yeah, Louisa Tesh. A local sister in the Bay Area, a priestess of Oshun, another wonderful sister. She has a book called Jambalaya, and she's a wonderful resource, again, for altars and shrines. So I think a shrine is, is very intricate. You're, and a lot of times with shrines, you're really asking for something. You built that shrine because you, a lot of times you're in trouble. You need some help. So you calling and you obeying and you asking. And I think that for the so-called average person, I think that an altar will do because an altar to me is, is non-religious in a sense, and I mean religion, which is different from spirituality, non-denominational so people understand that word more. It's not about you can't be a Christian and have an altar. I mean, some may feel that way, but that's not my understanding of an altar. An altar is like I, 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 church is not held every day, although they got the churches that's held a lot of days a week. But because it's not, does that mean that I still don't worship? Does it mean mm-hmm. that I still don't 
to the divine. And so what the altar does is it brings the church home. It right. brings the um, home. It brings, so if that's people kind of remember, it brings the mosque into your home. So you don't have to wait till Sunday or Saturday to get healing. You have it daily. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I recommend those books on shrines and altars, but I will say that I think everybody can do well to burn a candle and look at that light as the light of the creator and mm-hmm. the light that totally shines within you. And and it, it just it's very uplifting, and at the same time it's very grounding. And so mm-hmm. that's why I have it. Yeah, because yeah. I think it's a, it just a, it's about the me time, you know, which is something that we need to start doing more of anyway. It's interjecting me time on a daily basis when you, when that those things start to irritate you, or you've been to work and now you've got these things where your mind is just becoming this chatterbox of gossip energy. Then this is a good time to, I would think, to go to your altar and sit down and move some things. It's just about taking your energy and diverting it and, and seeing that. Everything plays a part of you, where you are, what you're going through, how you're absorbing things, how you're reacting to things. All of this is a part of you. So I've had the opportunity to, to, you know, go through, I went through the feminine power course with Juju Mama, and it was amazing because we dealt with some of the um, feminine deities that was inside of us and how to evoke these energies and use the candles and, like you said, the different uh, scents and the numbers different things. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, it does help because when you start to, like you said earlier, realize that you have help. We're not mm-hmm. in this system or not. We're not here without help. The fact that you even possess a body lets you know how much of a spiritual being that you are and this existence and that you came from something. Again, like I mentioned earlier, the point of origination. When we can understand that we all have a point of origination and that Sitting down and reconnecting to you allows you to see how everything plays a part. So I'm really excited. We're getting ready to move into a new space, and um, I got a chance to talk to hubby about it after I went and spent some time uh, with the ladies this weekend. And I'm like, okay, I know that I'm going to definitely have, you know, uh, do another um, um, altar for myself, but I want a family altar. Like, I want something as a family that we can all sit and put our energy into and, you know, realize that this is why we are together. This is why we came into this existence once again to do these things together. So I'm just, like, really excited about that because I know that the more we start to use these energies and realize how big we are, how big of beings we are, you know, that we can start to bring ourselves back into balance. And like you said, this whole year of 2013 being more about the return of the goddess energy and return of feminine energy, we are starting to feel it. And we need to know different things that we can use to keep our emotions balanced because, like you said, the moon is one of the things that really deals with our emotion, and that's feminine energy. You know, that's, that's feminine energy that we're dealing with. So we have to to learn. So I always get excited when I see, you know, videos and, like, when I see you do stuff because I could just see that feminine energy so strong, like, talking to us, saying, hey, listen, this is what you need to be working on. Do this. You can do it, you know. And so I've, I've become alive with this information of different things to do and just to, just to share, you know. So I wanted to also ask you um, earlier, I know we mentioned about just some of the things that you can do as far as on a daily self-care. But I also wanted to know, too, are, when you talk about just the wound, 
is there anything that you want to share with us that we can kind of start to awaken our wounds and start to have that conversation? Like, is there some some particular dances that you do, or you know, like is it, you know, like give us some some type of body rituals that you may do to kind of start the communication between you and and our and our our, our womb woman. <laughs> I think it's public, and I'm so glad you asked. So one of the things definitely is uh, a womb yoga, which Queen Food created, and I definitely have my take on it. So I add a little kundalini to mine. I'm very much into the breath of fire. And so I do the same uh, 25 asanas that she uh, illustrates in the book, but I add fire breath to it. And I and I, I do them in the order that feels good for me, which actually is pretty much her order. But let me tell you why that I think movement is so important and we want to include in our daily lives, particularly women and particularly a certain kind of woman. What we're doing when we want to get in touch with our womb is we need to target that area. So if we're targeting that area, a lot of times within that area it's congestion and heaviness, pain, uh, carrying just from the day's work, just from the morning, from the things you carry today, let alone for, for eons. And so one thing that a woman can do, and I want people to know is I've taken dance most of my life, been a dancer. So I know one thing. When you study indigenous dances, people of indigenous backgrounds, most of the dances are very much grounded. It's about your core, and it really is about rotating the hips. Um, my father, who I did not grow with, but is still my father, uh, is from Trinidad. And it's funny that I used to, I never visited Trinidad until I was like 40 years old. I just want to show you how deep this connection of movement and this kind of movement is really in our DNA. And But every for all the time I, I would be in the States, and after we dance, you know, we do a circle and you get to solo. My natural dance was doing this, we call it whining in Trinidad, is doing my, whining my hips back and forth. Never been to Trinidad. Didn't even know the culture. Grew up with my black African-American mama. Didn't even know anything about the Caribbean culture. And I, everybody's like, that's your dance, Nubia. Go on with them hips, girl. You know, move them hips naturally. One time I turned 40 and I went to Trinidad and I said, oh, my God, there's a dance called the wine and this is what they do all day. And so I started to study dance from a different perspective. I said, I wonder if hula or Polynesian dance, so there's these other little African dance, Congolese from the Congo dance. I wonder if the, what are those women, do they have as many womb afflictions as we do? And my studies showed me that they did not. And I started thinking, well, maybe there's something to this moving and rotating and shaking of the hips, which is very African. So we were taught by foreigners that came to our country at the continent at the time, and that continent at the time, we were taught that our movement were barbaric mm-hmm. from people that were really suffering from womb issues when they came to the continent. So we were then, we, we left our natural way of relieving and healing ourselves from womb issues, or actually never getting them, to mm-hmm. now we have womb issues in the African-American community. So my thing, ladies, is you can do this at home. It's very important that when you do this, and I can just describe it over the phone, it's very important that you keep your feet flat on the ground, your knees are always slightly bent, and your pelvis is tucked under. So you're kind of squeezing your butt out. And you're rotating. You're moving from corner to corner to corner one way 
corner to corner, back around and around the other way, and then you're actually pumping, in a sense, back and forth. See, what happens is we taught that this is a nasty dance. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember working in schools and uh, public schools, and I'm I'm also I'm a percussionist, so I play drums. And um, I have my drums out and floor toms, and this is what I do with the children. Instead of children that were in need of therapy, I would bring in my music and dance, and we would go out in the schoolyard, and I would drum, and they and they naturally, was, as the term they say today is dropping it like it's hot, and the teachers hated it. Oh, my God, look how they're moving. That's so sinful. And I kept thinking, no, that's natural. I mean, at this point, I had taken hula, Polynesian dance, Congolese, you know, this is natural. So young people naturally know to move their bodies that way. But, again, mm-hmm. because of the fear of male attention or negative male attention, which is legitimate because so many girls have been violated, we turn something so beautiful and so healthy into ugly. These girls knew how to shake it. That's one of the moves in Queen of Fool's book. It's shaking out all hurt and negativity from my sacred womb. And mm-hmm. it's shaking. So so the, the not just dance per se, but dance that allows you as a woman, a woman, uh, as that person to shake out. So what happens is dis-ease and even feelings, thoughts, they actually get trapped in the body. And the shaking is removing those things from your body. It's so literal. We, we know so little about our human bodies that we can't imagine that me shaking on the outside is going to shake some things up on the inside. But it does. Mm-hmm. So that's my number one recommendation. We hula hooping. All of that is really working with the womb. Hula hooping, very, very good kind of sport exercise for womb yoga as well. Mm-hmm. Anything that allows you to rotate them hips side to side and back and forth, you're going to feel better, just like you said, sister, when you were doing the exercise with me. I, I, mm-hmm. I yeah, I started to get warm, really warm, yeah. and that's what that's what we need. <laughs> and that's what the problem is. It's too cold down there. We need to, need to heat it up some so that our kundalini can start to rise and activate our other chakra points. And like you said, I remember, like, being a little girl and loving, you know, I've always loved to dance, and it's something, even as a woman now, um, that I'm getting back into. But I remember, like, moving my hips, and, you know, we used to always be, you know, I remember being told, you you too fast, or, you know, why are you being fast? You know, that's one of the things that we were taught. And I think some of our ideas, too, around just our religion at the time, you know, Christianity and these whole fears of heaven and hell and saving yourself and all these different things kind of kept us as girls locked up. So we were not getting the talks, you know, from our mothers as far as how to really truly embrace our feminine energy. We couldn't twist and twerk and do all these things because now we're being nasty or we're being fast and all these kind of things. So we're just, we've been caged up. And so we wonder why we get to these points when we get into our marriages and now we can't have orgasms. Are we not surrendering to our bodies or surrendering to the release? And that's one of the things I kind of want to segue to because we were talking. uh, My husband has um, a show that um, he talks about of the class of Yang where they talk about, like, different techniques that the men can do as far as, uh, you know, helping women to achieve this. But 
we had a um a conversation about this on on yesterday on living life organically with Tiffany and Janae um when she had she mentioned of uh, a woman mentioned that she hasn't been able to achieve orgasm and one some of the ways that we can kind of share the story because I was one of those women. You know, for 10 years in my marriage, I wasn't having orgasms and I was lying about it because I thought something was wrong with me, but it was the sense I had to go back and realize a lot of the control that I had been programmed when it came down to my sexuality and being able to release to a man and surrender to the will of a man. And I wanted to know if you've experienced, I'm sure you have, in, in your counseling with women as far as women saying that they haven't been able to achieve it. And if you can just share a story about releasing control of surrendering to the will so that they can to connect in this way and start to really heal because orgasm is so important, so, so important. That's right, sister. So, yes, definitely, uh, definitely got a story and definitely going to share. But, you know, I was thinking about the whole idea of rose. It, it actually is it's the same subject. When you say we're going back to the origin again, because I guess and in a way that's where we are in the show today. And you're right, the origin is going back to that, that not being able to shake your hips, right, not being able to rotate your hips. Although we know it was normal because every little black girl in the neighborhood had a song, and I, I, this song came to me, this little kid, little chant that I remember in my neighborhood, and we used to be like, left, 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 right, left, my back is aching, my bra too tight, my booty shaking from left to right, left, <laughs> left, right. left, right. <laughs> I mean, this is little girls. I love that we knew our, our we know our back was aching and our bra was too tight. That's profound for little girls. And this is what the sister queen for me and many others, uh, Tiffany Janae and many others are saying: Is your back too tight and your bra your bra too tight and your back is aching? So you need to swing that booty from left to right. So basically, I'm freeing myself. And so if those little girls will be able to continue those kinds of songs that came to them naturally, we would have more young girls growing into young women and understanding that their orgasms were good. And let's think about why so many women have not experienced orgasms or don't have it. You're right. We've been told that we're really just here for the pleasure of our partner. So a lot of people are still operating from that. Besides the fact, again, that they've been violated in some way, so they're operating out of that. So they just have to get first the point, a, a profound thought for them would be the fact that it's okay to enjoy it. There's a part of us in our brain, you know, that says it's not okay to enjoy it. It's for his pleasure, definitely not for mine. So I think that what's happening now is with, with these uh, uh, pussy-empowering women that are really around right now with our tantric, you know, base-centered sisters, we are really saying, particularly I think in the African-American community, because like you said, a religion where we are tighter than tight, girl, and we need to let loose, and don't, and don't worry that we're, we're not going to be harlots, you know? not going to get a disease, you know. A lot of venereal disease has a lot to do with guilt, by the way. A lot of times when you're having venereal disease over and over again, and this is going into my story, I had a client who came to me, and she would experience venereal disease over and over again. No matter who she got with, she kept getting venereal diseases. I mean, wow, that's kind of interesting. Every single person, it doesn't really matter. And so I started to ask her questions, and I asked her about sex, and I asked the first question was, do you experience orgasm? She said, never. And I said, really, never? She said, never, ever, ever. I don't. And um, 
And I said, well, what do you think the problem is? And she said, and she started thinking about it. And she went back and said, I remember now being told that I wasn't supposed to like it. As a matter of fact, I remember my mom telling me how to get through it, how to get through it. Remember the color purple with Celie, and she talked about making to her sister. She was talking to her sister Nettie, and she was telling Nettie about making love to Mr. Nettie said, oh, no, to Shug, Avery. Shug, Avery said, don't you like it? She said, no, I just let him do his business and hope he be done. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine that this is how we've been taught, that they just do their business? So the fact mm-hmm. is I told her that that's not true, that actually you're supposed to come and enjoy it and even ask for it. You can actually initiate it, girl. You know, it's shame. <laughs> How many of us are a little silly just hoping that it, already, it could just be over already? Mm-hmm. And so, well, you, yeah. I want to add something to that before you continue on as far as about how we can kind of let go. Do you think, because this is my belief, I think that, most of us have learned how to have sex from porn. And when you look mm-hmm. at the porn and how it's structured, there is no pleasure in that for women. Usually it's like one or two things, but when you look at from the start to end, usually porn is over when the man finishes. Do you ever oh. hardly ever see that it's a woman that is, is, you know, she's achieving this amazing orgasm and then the porn ends? It never ends. So it always, to me, when you think about it, And when we think about how we are learning how to have sex and how to engage with one another, it's already, you know, geared towards the fact that we're not supposed to receive it. We don't see it. Even when you look at porn, you don't don't see that. So we need to create more content. If we're going to have sexual content out here as a way of learning, then, yes, we need to have more, you know, tantric porn where we're, we're showing these techniques so that, Women can start to connect that. We can disconnect from, like you said, the origination of it being that we are just a thing that's supposed to be used for pleasure. And now that we are a part of the pleasure, because that's what it was for me, you know, I'm supposed to give the pleasure and make sure that he's satisfied. And if he's satisfied, then everything is good. You understand what I'm saying? You did your duty. You did your womanly duty, and you are free, and now the bills now can continue to get paid. This is right. sad, but this is exactly <laughs> It was no pleasure. And I think what's happening now, I know with the kind that I had, it was just like a light bulb that went off that said, just the fact that I know that I'm supposed to enjoy it and that I could enjoy it, that's going to help me at least be open to the idea. Because when you're closed, you're closed all over. And I do think that, yeah, porn, uh, you know, uh, media in, in so many ways definitely show the pleasure of all of the men. But I think I think about it, about this whole new, this kind of like what we call sexual revolution. I think that men are also stifled in their uh, uh, portrayal of their sexuality through porn as well. Because then if they're watching porn, they're probably not pleasing a woman in real life because they're getting the same message too. Get in there mm-hmm. quick, do what they do, and get out. So now we got two people in bed lost. <laughs> you know, mm, right. At least you, are, you see, neither have a partner that gets this, so you can he can help you out. But a lot of times we're dealing with two people who have gone in the background, and of course, also religion. Religion makes you feel guilty. I mean, the fact that it's fornication, that the words that we put on it. It's such an amazing thing. So I think that we put words on it. We have traditions about it. But then there's traditions like the Apsaras of women in India or, you know, these um, 
these kundalini uh, poses or statues about women who are, are enjoying it and loving it. So I say if you are a person who is not experiencing orgasm right now, there's wonderful erotic paintings, erotic poetry, erotic portrayals and statues and monuments around the world. There's such things in certain parts of the world, particularly in India, they have what you call a yoni rock, where it literally looks like a yoni. And they actually allow this red type of water that they actually put a dye in to come through the yoni, and you bathe in it. They got men that are, are worship, or in a way praying and prostrating before the yoni. See, if we were taught those things when we were kids, we would really know what we got. We, In a sense, when we say we know what we got today, we're taking it from a commodity point of standpoint, that this is my moneymaker, which is another thing that I think that distorts pleasure because we're still saying now I have power, but I'm using it to get over on this man. So I just think of just that warp sense. So ways to feel, I'm going to tell you how you can instantly feel more sexy and more beautiful. I'm going to give you a couple of things, and they're very practical. If you remember when I did the video on fasting, I know this sounds like, how does this connect? Sisters, going on a fast and allowing your organs to be cleansed, because a lot of times there's simply just blockages as well physically as there's mentally. And so just going on a fast and allowing your organs to be cleansed, something about when I fast, I feel more I feel more sexy than I've ever felt before. The other thing is those sacred movements that I described earlier, moving the hips, rotating the hips will actually open you up. Of course, now we know we got the jade eggs that I'm sure Tiffany Janae talked about, another very powerful thing. Uh, the other thing is allowing yourself to be naked in the mirror and just to look at yourself as a powerful sexual being, you know. So just changing the law, what is your purpose in life? It's not just here to serve, it's to be served as well. And it's, it's a really wonderful, beautiful thing. And I say mine was I was having orgasm, I think, from the very beginning, but I don't think that I knew that I was supposed to enjoy it. It's interesting that you could actually be having them and still somewhere got a message that this is not for your pleasure, it's for his. So, and I'm so, I want to tell you too, I love that you share your truth with us. It's such a beautiful and refreshing thing, Sister Vivi. I just have to say that. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I just don't, I, I know how I felt when I was going through some of the things I was going through, and I was looking for answers. I, I wanted somebody to share their stories with me so that I can learn, even, you know, because when I first, you know, came to the point to where when I was ready to share was during the six-month separation from my hubby, and I was feeling like I didn't know what world somebody had dropped me off in, but I knew that it wasn't my life, my body, nothing. I just wasn't connected to anything, and through that process, I found myself. It was like I had journeyed to that place anyway. That's the reason why I woke up was like, wait a minute. Where am I? Whose body is this? Whose life is this? But then through that, I, I reconnected to myself and realized a lot of things that I had let go that was very sacred to my body and very sacred to my womb, like dancing. You know, like I had completely went on this journey of being the mama and making sure that the nine to five and the money and making sure that the husband was pleased. Like I was following this this systematic, you know, foundation of what I picked up from my mom. And it wasn't working for her. 
You know, it wasn't working for her. She got into a situation to where running that life to where she wound up having to have a hysterectomy and lose her womb. And when she was going through that phase, I remember being in college, like, trying to fight and figure out, you know, because my, my journey um, – you know, to this point, I went through microbiology, so I was really into the science field, into the health healthcare field, and especially about women's care, because I started doing that in high school, like really learning about diseases and different things that affected, you know, women as a whole. So when she started going through this, all I can remember thinking, like, Mama, just whatever it is, just don't let them take it. You know, don't don't let them convince you to to do it. But at the same time, I didn't have enough information to give to, to help that. And I felt like the whole process of that was the fact that that's how she operated from that same platform of giving everything and not taking care of herself. You know, like not fully giving herself time and, and taking the bath time that she needed to take or just taking time for mama. It was all about family and everybody else. So part of my journey now is the fact that I got to that point and I think I went a little bit further than her maybe during that time period because my, you know, my relationship actually went two different ways. And during that process, I was dealing with gallbladder issues, dealing with, you know, liver issues, you know, dealing with things, you know, reoccurring, you know, just yeast infections. And I wasn't, you know, having sex with anybody at the time, but I was still dealing with these things. So I understood that my body was talking to me and, like, what do I do? So now I'm at this point to where I feel like I'm getting it. I'm starting to understand things more. And I want to share because I know that there are women out there that are crying out. They want answers. They want help. They know that going to the doctor and them giving them diflucan and all these um different antibiotics and stuff is not working because that's not the core root of what's going on, but we don't know how to get to it. So, you know, when I when I listen to you and I listen to your stories and you sharing your story and then I say, wait, my story connects to her story. So it lets me know that it's something deeper and, and it's more work that we have to do as women that know the power of reconnecting to our, our yonis and listening to our yonis and, and telling our men and, and involving them in the process too and not being so frustrated with them because they don't know either. They don't know just like you don't know, you know. You know, and it's true, they don't know, and I think they want to know. I think Mm -hmm. that loving, care men in our life, you know, it's funny you talked about the men and not knowing, because I was just thinking, and I think that why we really are speaking up and and shouting out what we need is because we have men in our lives that we love. But for some reason, we now know the many reasons, we're totally pushing them away. Some women have painful sex, that every time that they have it, it becomes painful. And so a lot of that has to do with those same thoughts, ideas, shame, guilt, that if you don't think you're supposed to enjoy it, then you will create some pain around not enjoying it. Or a lot of times we have prolapse colon or we have our womb that is, 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 you know, infected with fibroid tumors. So a lot of it is, but it still stems from I cannot fully open myself up and trust another person to take care of me. And so I say take care of yourself. That's the mm-hmm. one way to do it. Just keep taking care of yourself because, you know, I, I think about it as women. Um, we are so needed, but most of the information that we receive in this universe is really probably 90% of it is from men or from a male's perspective and not a very good male perspective. 
And I think that's a lot of things. I think what's so wonderful about what's happening today is we have the goddesses coming and saying, look, I got this information for you. Get a jade egg. You know, I got this information for you. Cleanse your womb. You know, go on a fast. Drink green water. Sit in nature. So this is the one other thing that I wanted to say, another way to connect to your divine sensual and sexual energy is another one, just like fasting. It's nature, nature, nature. You know what? You cannot in the spring sit outside and hear those birds singing and mating and calling each other and the birds and the bees and everything that is just you obviously pollinating. And you cannot be around it and not start to feel sensual and sexual yourself. It's actually made to do that. We want that we, we can, if we can go back to instinct for a while, nobody has to tell um, the squirrels or what have you that it's mating season. They can feel it and they know. And I think it's because the energy during that time of all living beings, particularly um, in the animal kingdom, are really stirred up. And so one, it's almost like seeing that makes you want to have it as well. Well, it's an energy. There's so much co-creating. There's so much procreating as well when we deal with the when we deal with the earth. We have the soil, which represents the woman, the earth, and we have the seed that is planted in the soil, so that we can grow flowers or we can grow trees that bear fruit. It's very. We are not different. So I think the other part of it is so disconnected from, in a way, from nature. Because if we turn to porn to get sexually stimulated, which a lot of us think that that's what's happening, right, then we could, which is in a way a little more unnatural, when we can turn to nature. And the same things are going on, but it's a divine order. You know, we're creating something very beautiful. We don't realize that sex is about creation, and all the time it's not about creating a baby. There's times when your womb has done the job of creating babies or may not create a baby this lifetime, but your womb still creates. And so when you're in nature, you get to see the creation story over and over again, and you start to be that tree. You start to identify with the feelings of, I mean, we've seen some beautiful trees or grass or flowers that are stunning, that are sexy, that are sensual. Think about it. Um, another thing that's essential oils we're talking about, the we're already using herbs. <laughs> they got herbs to, you know, in, in, uh, increase your libido. We have scent that increase your libido. So that must tell me something. Nature has a lot to do with my sexual health, and spending more time in it could really be to my benefit. So for people that don't have every excuse that you could have about why you can't do anything, you can find a park to sit in and connect, particularly during the spring. And by the way, sister, today is the full moon, too. Mm-hmm. So a wonderful time to, you know, the full moon is about giving birth. But, you know, it's interesting. I say I think that all moons are about letting go. I think on some level we're always shedding the old I know it's more about the new moon, but I believe that all of all moons are about shedding the old parts of ourselves that we no longer need and allowing this big parts of ourselves to emerge. So don't forget, ladies, today is an emerging day or night and definitely connecting to the moon. One way to connect to the moon, just by looking at her in the sky, period. And you have been, and you will connect. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, this is kinda of like this is kinda of like our our um 
full moon ritual tonight. You and I having this conversation and putting this energy out because I'm definitely I know that once we end this call, that you know they're gonna get they're gonna have these conversations going in their head and maybe somebody will go and take them a bath tonight in this amazing energy and let some things go because you're right. Like you know the new moon is always about the new intentions of things that you want, and then by the full moon, we should see these things happen, and then, and in order for us to see them happen, we realize we do have to let things go, so just the energy today, you know, I do um, astrology on Tuesdays, and so, you know, I mentioned that this whole full moon energy we'll be talking about, just the relationship, is on the relationship axis, because it's the sun in Aries, but the moon is in Libra, so we're dealing with a lot of things surrounding around the relationship, so I know people are just... They're going through it anyway, so now is the perfect time to to utilize your spa room, go into the bath, <laughs> and start to use some of these essential oils and see, you know, what kind of what comes up for you. Because um, one of the things that you you mentioned when you said we were talking about just the jade eggs and being more connected to us was the fact that last week we mentioned um, talking about uh, birth control, and this kind of segues into a question that we have in the chat room, too, about a birth control pills and, and our birth control pills wound blockers. And we, we mentioned last week because a lot of people are, you know, they have these IUDs and they're having complications and different things with it. And so we talked about um, keeping the yoni at optimum pH so that it's already acidic and the sperm is alkaline so that it already has a natural spermicide thing going on, but it's when we are in optimum health. But I wanted to bring that question up and ask you what did you think as far as, like, um, your take on birth control pills and whether or not you feel that this is blocking our energy some kind of way as far as us also maybe having an issue with being able to achieve orgasms and have you know, have this this connected sex, this manifestation sex that we really crave. Yes, without a doubt. I mean, I've never taken birth control pills. I intuitively knew that that was poison. You know, it's interesting if I can tell just a little tidbit about what I know about birth control pills. You know, most of the pharmaceutical drugs are built on the prototype of an herb. So the actual birth control pills is patterned after a Native American uh, herb, or herb that was used by Native Americans to actually prevent pregnancy. So I just want to go back to the fact that there's so many ways to prevent pregnancy or plan your family is what they call a family planning where you can space it out. So we as indigenous people already knew how to use particular herbs, and the actual herb, is a small part of what we call birth control today, and only a small part because the most of it is drugs. I think that any drugs taken in the body will affect your sensuality, your sexuality, your production. I I totally believe it. I mean, some literally dry you out, which is not so much of a turn on you. feeling too good, you know. And some, I think it's poison. I think that you're actually taking a poison the body treats as such. So if your body is always in a state of alarm and your body is always having to react and repair all the time, not even get to repair, just alert itself that there's a problem, that there's danger, if the body is always in the flight or fight mode, if the, how could the body be in a relaxed mode? You have to be relaxed to make love. You have to be relaxed to receive pleasure. You have to be open to receive pleasure. So if what these drugs do is they're affecting the body, and what looks like it's preventing one thing is creating a host of other things within your parts of your body or your organs that are taking your body into disarray. So I definitely think that it's a 
wound blocker, pleasure blocker, but I also think that of many drugs. I think drugs in the system are just not healthy. And so what I want people to remember is I love the fact that, yes, if your vagina is healthy, if your womb is healthy, then there's natural spermicide, natural birth control that's going to occur. But I also think, too, let me say what I, I feel. I, I, this is what happens, and I know we have to have these alternatives because most women are looking saying this. So women are very afraid to have more babies, and some women are would love to have a baby. So it, 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 we got both sides, you know, of the of the story. And I think though, because of our deep fear of of pregnancy, that could affect. That could be a womb blocker. That could be a sexual pleasure blocker. Just imagine that you're supposed to be lying down, <laughs> or or being on top, however you want it. Uh, enjoying yourself, but you can't because you're worried that if you come to you, you're going to get pregnant. And I really am being very candid because I know there's sisters right now listening going, you better believe it. So being relaxed is going to be difficult until you learn the rhythm of your body, until you learn about these specific herbs that actually can help you. I know the brother from D Health Store, Dr. Pruhi Matra, has an herb that actually is good for so-called natural birth control, if we want to go into that. If you want to go into the deeper sciences, you can. But I think that uh, a lot of it is we're, when we come into the bedroom, if that's where we're going to make love to our loved one, a lot of times it's not just us walking in that room and laying on that bed. It's, our, it's the stuff from the day. It's the stress. It's the what you got to do tomorrow. It's the laundry list of things that I think is home blocker. So I think it goes back to the, the rituals, the bathing, the salt is so important so that you can just be in a relaxed state so when you come to your spouse, your loved one, your partner, you're coming. So I think thoughts can poison, be a, a wound blocker. I think thoughts can poison the sperm. I think food can be a wound blocker. I mean, we talk about birth control. I'm looking at birth control as things that we put into our body and, 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 and we think that it's helping us. We also have foods that act as colon blockers as well, or I'm sorry, wound blockers, colon blockers too, you know. So I think that, like, you know, to, I, I, the question is so wonderful, but I think on many levels we're using, uh, uh, we're bringing to a sacred space called our bedroom uh, kind of worries. And let me tell you a remedy so we won't just so. I wanted to say something about the altars, and I, it goes right with the subject. You know a wonderful altar, ladies, if you wanted to do, or men, you could actually do an altar. You talked about the family altar. You can also do an altar with you and your husband or you and your boyfriend or you and your man or you and your partner with pictures of you and your partner on the altar. And the mm -hmm. altar is to strengthen your love. The altar is to bring the romance in. And I would really uh, put figurines of couples embracing as well as pictures of you and him happy, maybe love letters that you sent to each other early on because there's an energy that we want to resurrect. And the altar is about resurrecting. So I wanted to say that, like, one of the ways to feel more comfortable is an altar with you and your partner as well as sea salt baths to calm and relax you. And I'll tell you, it will make a difference in your love life if you go into it as a sacred moment, even if it's a quickie, because sometimes it be like that. <laughs> life is. It can still be very sacred. But so I think in this time.
time, love making is a beautiful ritual that needs to be well considered before you walk in that bedroom. Some say no TV in the bedroom, ladies. Mm-hmm. It's a for sleeping and making love, and that's it. Can you imagine showing your bedroom as a place strictly for sleeping and making love? Wow. What a hot bed that would be, girl. That would be just too sacred, you know. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I I mean, you tell them to take that TV out of the room, you just told them something because most of them tuned into that scandal. I've never seen it, (laughs) but I hear so much about it, and I know that people are connected to their TV, but take that time to, you know, create something new and exciting with your your partner, you know, to try something different that y'all have never tried before, and, you know, open up some books. That's one thing I love about, um, like I said, the the compliments of the show, the class of game, because they talk about a lot of different things, too, when it comes down to, like, um, you know, birth control, because when men learn to, you know, withhold themselves and know how to hold themselves and not be so quick to the finish line, and they can also be in control of, um, you know, being able to choose whether or not they want to, you know, get pregnant as well, because it's a, it's a two-way street now. It's not just that the woman is pregnant, you're pregnant too, and you can you can make that choice and not feel like it's the, it's the woman's responsibility to make sure that she gets pregnant, because even though we know that, then men still have that choice. And so, you know, he talks about, um, you know, the Tao and just different techniques that the Tao teaches as far as, you know, being able to prolong and, and cultivate sexuality because it's so important that we slow down. And I think that's another thing that helps women to relax and get into orgasm is the fact that we're not feel so rushed. You know, if, right. if you know that it's, it's going to be a short time period, that's the reason why everything is so rush, rush, because you're going to get in and get out of it. But if it becomes, you know, a, a situation to where you're actually enjoying each other, you know, you're taking the time for the foreplay in the beginning and, you know, you're doing the stroke and then the woman is going to relax. We relax in the process because, yes, we do have a lot of things going on in our minds. So, ladies, try to, I think what, you know, Nubia is saying is that we go and, put ourselves in some water and really relax ourselves, we can kind of take some of that stress off of the man because sometimes you come home and we have tons of things on us and he has a whole lot of things to try to take off his full stress. So, you know, we have to kind of like, you know, stay connected to ourselves and make sure that we're giving ourselves that daily care to make sure that we can kind of connect in this way because, again, they don't understand. And so that's why I welcome men to this show as well so that they can, you know, get some of the inside information so that they may, maybe their their women are, are not really talking to them in this, in this way or don't know how to relate the information. So they can come and get it for themselves so you can see, you know, what it is that we're working on as women. We have a lot of walls that we have to break down when it comes down to our sexuality. And if, if the woman is not achieving orgasm or she's not relaxed in this way, then I'm sure that there are some chemical things that's going on inside the body, you know, because the body is not receiving this pleasure and releasing these you know, this pent-up block energy, because that's what it is. Like you said, all these different things, these rituals and going to the altar and having the baths and having good sex and meditating and, and having yoga, moving your hips, it's all about releasing the energy so that we can stay in the true vibration that we want to stay in to create and to, you know, reach out to people and have these amazing relationships. But we can't have that. We have issues with having that when we are so stagnant in every part of our lives. 
every part, you know. We wake up angry, go to bed angry. We have no sense of resolution or, or you know, no sense of peace anywhere, you know. So mm-hmm. opening yeah. up to ourselves, you know. So go ahead, newbies. Powerful. No, I just love you. You're, you're so on it. You're so connected. You're so powerful. God's going to give you your props because you're absolutely right. You know, as you're speaking, I'm not, these pictures are coming in my mind. And one of them is of this woman that a lot of men, particularly some of our uh, male healers, um, I've been noticing this, and I do want to speak on it, and I'm not offending anyone because I, I, don't, I don't need to say names. I'm not, I don't really have a name. It's a, a, a thought process that I've noticed. You know, a lot of our healers are so very much educated in, in sciences and different things, but when it comes to the black woman, they sometimes will spew these very ugly things. You know, black women are so angry. You know, black women are cold and black women are frigid and black women. And I think what I love about your show and the, and the other shows that you and your husband, I believe, if you said uh, it created, is that you need to find out why she's that way. Amen. You, because it's a reason for it, and she's in a situation of patriarchal, uh, suppressive situation. Uh, the same one you deal with every day. This is how it looks when it affects her. It affects her womb. So to understand that, a lot of our revolutionary brothers understand about uh, uh, what they call uh, supremacy or white supremacy or just negativity or. Of domination and oppression, but they get very angry when the oppression works so well on women that they almost blame as opposed to saying, wow, you mean the way it affects us, we display it in one way as males. You mean when it affects a woman, it comes out as angry, upset, hurt. A lot of women are angry and hurt when you try to talk to them walking down the street and they suck their teeth and they roll their eyes. A lot of women are in pain, literally. Five boys mm-hmm. you're carrying, tired, bodies ache, fatigue, uh, that fatigue kind of syndrome, just so tired, and that they're not feeling very feminine. They're not feeling very beautiful because many of them are doing the job of a village. <laughs> One person is, is really being the village, which is virtually impossible. And so I think that that's something that I feel like. If you feel like you're a woman who feel like you don't have a connection to your sensuality, your sexuality, if you feel like you're a woman who don't really want a man to touch them ever and F them and all that, you know, I say be loving and kind and gentle with yourself. You do deserve pleasure and you can have it, but it's just a matter of identifying why you feel so angry. So for all you brothers that listen, please be kinder when you talk about sisters, um, on YouTube or in public, you know, our vaginas are, are, don't stink. I mean, we have to say things. And I mean, <laughs> I think that the words that we say about one another is going to, it just makes us feel sad and puts us back and we go in our little hole, our little corner, and we never really come on and be full women. So I don't think mm-hmm. to attack our attitude, if you will, know the origin of, and then educate, if you have to, that woman, and it's nice that women are doing it, about why she feels. Actually, Queen of Fuller has a section in her book, Sacred Woman, and she calls it the bitch. And Mm -hmm. how do you get with this bitch? The bitch that the men tend to talk about, but there's a woman. And she's only relating to, she says that all it has to do with is that thing, my back is aching, my bra too tight, <laughs> and my booty ain't shaking from left to right. 
that we have to let go because the fact that we're not letting go, then, yeah, we are in control. And, and we want, you know, I have the same way I have clients that come to me that resemble me so much because they also not have an orgasm. They're like, well, Gigi, how did you do it? I'm like, listen, it wasn't easy. But I had to literally go from the tip of my head to the top of my head to, the, to my toes and realize how many things knew we that I was controlling in lovemaking. Like my shoulders were tense, my back was up. Like I was, I was just controlling every single thing. So I had to literally go from everything. I had to relax my head, relax my ears, relax my shoulders, relax my arms. I had to go all the way down my body and unlock yeah. things that I didn't even know. I had no clue. You see what I'm saying? For years I had no clue that I was controlling my body in this way. But it relates to how I was also relating in life, how I was using my fire to, you know, to control and combat and fight against things that was going on. So everything was starting to relate and connect for me. So that's why I'm like, I know that, you know, so many women out there connect because when you think about, you know, orgasms, there are a lot of women out there that are not having orgasms. Like when you look at the research and the studies, like a lot of women are not. So we got to find a way to talk about this so that we can turn this whole thing around, you know, and really um, just, just – <laughs> This really like changed this whole paradigm of how we we are, are are thinking about ourselves and our bodies, so we can come out of this situation of of you know uh, hubby was just showing me a second ago something he saw on Facebook about the U.S. women we have the highest rate of hysterectomies right here in the United States. Well, why is that? Because we're so we're so in this testosterone fight. And what I mean by that is we're functioning, operating, thinking, you know, doing everything as a man. So where is the yes. estrogen in this? Where is the balance in this for us? Right. You exactly. Know? Go ahead, sister. And I think that for brothers, they have to look at that. Because some of them, like I said, they have such great intelligence, but they act like they don't know why we're crazy. And all I'm saying is, brother, you did the research. You know why we're crazy, okay? You're not there sometimes. So we're crazy because we got to do your job and my job and the village. Oh, look, there's a woman. Her name is Sabansu Some, a beautiful African healer from a place called Bakuna Faso in West Africa, right near Benin, not too far from Nigeria. And she said, not to the three-day workshop, I love this woman. She said, I don't know how you do it, you Westerners. She says, your brag about having a two-parent household. In Africa, we would laugh at that. Two people can't raise a child properly. It's not fair. It's not to their benefit. It's to their detriment. And one is crazy is what she said. So just from an African's perspective, there is something seriously wrong with the fact that me as female, we do to circumstances that we all are now aware of, has to do all of it. So, of course, when I get a boo or somebody I love or get married, I'm not sure how to fit him even into the program because I haven't even fit myself, most women, into the program. We are mothers and we work, and but we're not women. We should not have feelings. So I think that just understanding that we can let that go. Another part about the controlling, I love that you said it because I think if you just go back again to the enslavement holocaust, and Dr. Joy, if you know the sister Dr. Joy, she deals with post-traumatic slave syndrome, and she made this beautiful point. Can you imagine as a mother you are an enslaved African and you're in the field working with your daughter, and the master decides he needs to 
uh, get some pleasure, if you will, and he takes you from the field, brings you to wherever, and basically rapes you. And this is done after periods of time. Until eventually you're older and he has no use for you, but your daughter is coming of age. And at that time it could be 12, 14. And most mothers are telling their daughters about that wonderful going to college and, you know, maybe getting married and pursuing all their dreams. But the enslaved African mother has to tell her daughter how when the master comes to rape you, how you can avoid some pain. Don't move too much. Don't scream or yell. Don't scratch or bite. Can you imagine that you have to teach your child? Because it's going to happen. I'm going to teach you how to make sure that you don't offend him and make it be over quickly. Again, that statement. So when you start to talk about the control, you had to control the fact that you were in pain. And if you showed it, you were going to get a worse, worse treatment. So a lot of it is still that kind of thing where we were our sexuality wasn't voluntarily given; it was taken. And then for many of us, that trauma is still being surfaced or resurfacing in our present day relationships because of even our childhood. Mm-hmm. So yeah. That we have to talk about why we're angry. A lot of women have, again, I say it so much because I get that a lot, the violation, I almost cry when I think about it, of our sisters. She's mad. She's been inappropriately touched, and it's been going on for generations. Mm-hmm. So I, I I just have to kind of, so I, I would like to see like a, a day of sisters, all these healers in the community come together and really address that pain that we and, and but release mm-hmm. it do real healing rituals as a community to release the pain, the violations, the stress, the hurt, the doing it all, and really crying for ourselves and then dancing afterwards and shaking our wounds and really releasing all of those things that we carry so we can have beautiful orgasms and we can have beautiful relationships and we can really love ourselves more. And it's going to come, system. A world healing summit with women and really, really releasing and saying it's okay, you're okay, you're safe. Yeah, we yeah. need, we definitely need this, and I know that this this show, like I said, we definitely need this show together so we can talk about this because we need to just talk about it. We gotta come to grips, and we can't just say, okay, black women are angry and. You know, black men can just say, okay, it's easier to go with a different race. Like, we can't just continue to let this happen and not discuss why. What's going on? Let's put, let's put everybody into the knowledge of what's going on so that, because, you know, that, that hurts. Like, when I hear that and when I see, um, you know, just different statements that are made by these powerful black men who have been, who have been born and raised by black women still say that they choose another race because it's easier to deal with them. You know, that hurts because I think about what does that say to us? What does that say to the woman that you were born through? You know, that that you would rather just say it's easier to just go away from my race and go to another one because they ain't had the problems and the trauma and all the stuff you complain about. They ain't been through that. So it's easier for me to go over there. And we've all gone through something, you know, and we just need to connect to why, again, going back to the origination point of why this is so that we can truly embrace and heal and love. So I know, look, I'm down. I'm down for us having this 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 whole world day where maybe we get together and 
we have a, a song, it's a universal song that we all share and we dance to at a particular time so that we can unlock some of this trauma and then also welcome, you know, our, our um, kings back into our lives to help us to heal. You know, because we get angry at them and, and showing them, well, well, fine, we don't need you to control things pop back in you. Well, I'm in control. I don't need you. No way. I can do this by myself. But that day needs to also be about us welcoming them back into our lives, welcoming them back into our spirit to help us to heal and help us to have these orgasms because we've shown them away too in this process. You know? what? I got two videos I put up today, part one and two. And it talks about relationships on that level and that we don't really want to throw our men out. We don't really want them to leave us. We don't really, we really don't. We just don't, we're we're acting out of pain. And I agree with you. We must heal our wounds so that we can save our families and our communities. And that, right, there's so many brothers that think it's perfectly fine to say, you girl, you got too many hangers, I'm going over here. But, brother, you know what happened to us. And, again, if they don't, let's tell our story. Let's mm-hmm. tell our story. I think that's what's happening. And, sister, you're doing it. I, I just want to say, because uh, I know we're going getting close to the time, you know, an honor and a pleasure to build with you and to share with you and to all the beautiful sisters. There's so many, Kenyatta, I said, Tiffany, Janae. I mean, the names are endless. I don't even really know everybody, but I just want to just send a love out to all the healers, all the sisters and brothers that are doing the work. And Gigi, Gigi, twice, <laughs> you definitely <laughs> was one of them. So let's just, you know, like come together. There is no competition. It's just love. We all got a message, and it very much is similar. All of our messages are saying, love and know thyself. Right, exactly. Well, I want to before we before we end the call, I wanted to kind of open up the lines for people who called in. I know they've been listening to us and kind of getting information. I wanted to share um, also Sophia um, that's in the chat room. She said that um, it's a part of our cellular DNA that we have to shed wound healing with a positive affirmations, kundalini yoga, and belly dancing set us free. I agree. We have to move those wounds, and that's what. You know, Nubia is talking about us getting together as women, those of us who know, we got to get together and do something about this. Let's bring the brothers in with us. Let's have conversation and dialogue and continue to talk and, you know, just bring us into the knowledge of what it is that it's going to take for us to disconnect from some of these things that's in our DNA that's really causing some of these issues. But before we, before I let you go, Nubia, I just want to open up the lines. If anybody has any questions or any comments that you want to Share, please press one. You know, let me know that you are in queue that you can kind of share. And and Nubia, while we're waiting for them to, you know, press one and see who wants to speak, definitely let us know how, you know, what you got going on. If you got any events coming up soon, or you know, any new products or anything that you got going on, let us know um, how we can get in contact with you and how we can just continue to stay connected to you. Great. And Sophia Hill, that sister, you're a bad sister, too. Wanted to give a shout-out to her, too. So many bad sisters out there. I'm not naming them all, so I'm going to stop. But I love you all. And 
I don't I I don't have any upcoming events right now, but there is a retreat in the making. Uh it's gonna be in Oakland, California and it's coming it's in April, that's all that I will be able to say. I'm sorry, it's in May. And it's, but I'll give you more details. You go to the website, I'll be there. And let me tell you what the website is. The website is, as Sister mentioned, www.theblackberrybeauty.com or womniverse.vpweb.com. Uh, or if you go to my website, you can call me. I'm available for consultations one-on-one throughout the world so we can Skype. I also am, I do make uh, natural raw products that are actually coming back to the website in a week or two so that my products are definitely coming back. And I um, also am available for lectures, talks, events, and so always available for that. And I'm probably doing some, and I also have a YouTube that Sister mentioned. Uh, you can just put uh, my username is Nubia I Sutton S U T T O N one, and I have 300, I think, 55 videos. And I know that hopefully there's something for you that you can get something out of. And now I hope there's a call or a question because I would love to to help or answer. Well, you know what I do, I always go in, and if I don't have questions, they know how I do on my show. I love to put people on the spot because I know that I'm vibrating with them and they want to say something, and sometimes it just needs you to kick them out of the out of the mess, as they say I'm so good at. So let me see. I'm going to open up to, who is the 770 is the area code, and the last four is 2903. Who are you? You are live with Gigi and Miss Nubia. 770 is the area code, last 42903. You are live. Let's see if they're going to talk to Manubia. I hope they do. They're not talking to me. Do you have a question? They may be on mute, too. Going once, going twice. All right, I'm moving on. Okay, so I have 678 area code, and the last four is 5246. You are live. Hello. I don't know if it's Amy. Hi, who is this? Well, of course, it's Sunshine. Hi, Sunshine. How are you? I am doing excellent. How are you? Wonderful. That's good. Do you have anything to share with us tonight, Sunshine? Do you have a question or a comment for Miss Nubia? Well... Of course, the comment would be that, of course, I love everything that she's sharing, Um, definitely from the top to the bottom, uh, starting with our intuition. Um, You know, this is just very important. You know, the messages are so muddled and mixed out there. I mean, we really do have to do a lot to really hear what really going on on the inside, you know, mm-hmm. and it takes a lot to shut all that down. But I'm definitely in, enjoying uh, the call and everything that you're sharing. Uh, that statistic about um, the number of hysterectomies in the USA mm-hmm. is, like, crazy. Um <laughs> I have one, two, three, I think four, four women in my family that have had those. 
Wow. Yes. Say that again. I'm sorry. Oh, I said, oh, no, I hear you, Sister Sunshine. I mean, thank you for sharing that with us. That really, we could talk about it, uh, about these things, and we could theorize about it, but you just really put faces on it, you know? And so I really felt that. And uh, keep shining your sunshine on us all so that we can remember how bright we are, how much light that we are filled with. So I really feel you. Yeah. Thank, thank you, you. Yeah. thank you so much, and thank you for the messages that you're sharing tonight, you and Gigi. Thank you so much. No, thank you for calling in and sharing that with us, because we're definitely going to dig more into the cause of all this, because like I said, my mom, I'm ex- I experienced it in my family and so many other just different things that um, that I experienced with my aunts and just different people from um, dealing with this control thing and these blocks that we have to let go, you know, so... Um, I'm going, my husband said that he wanted to share with you, Nubia, and um, and we're going to, oh, and somebody else has just pressed one, but I'm going to let him share Hey, how you doing? <laughs> I just want to say I absolutely enjoyed that. Um, I got to take my earphones off, so I don't know what I'm, um, if you're, hold on a second. Okay. Yeah, I just want to say I absolutely enjoy that from the male's perspective. I am definitely taking um, some of this back to the class of Yang (laughs) because I have a new understanding about some things. And uh, I'm really appreciative that um, Gigi is doing the class of Yin and bringing guests on like you to enlighten the brothers even more. And uh, I'm over in the class of Yang. Uh, I'm dealing with the brother's pain. See, the thing is, it's it, they're, the, the women are in pain, but it's some brothers in pain. And there's a lot of people different going go into that territory of trying to dig into the emotions of the man and, and how to rebuild him. And um, if we can do that, then the family structure would definitely stay a lot stronger. Um, but we never, you know, they don't go to therapy or they don't want to go to counseling. So... We found a little niche to get in there, and so we're going to, you know, work it in order to um, make sure we get our family, um, um, I mean, get other people solidified like we were because we broke up and we split, and we're really trying to help people before they get to that point. So I just want to say thank you, and I appreciate you, and um, peace. Thank you, sis. Thank you, brother. Peace and love and blessings to you, and thank you for doing the good work because you will be so blessed. And we could get that. You know, you said men don't go to therapy, all that. Men don't even talk to each other. How you, man, how you doing, man? I'm cool. How you doing, man? I'm cool. That would be the whole conversation practically. So I love that you're just getting us to talk to each other. Men talk. Talking is so good for you. Love the work, and I'll be sure to check out your program, brother. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you. All right. And so I'm going to open up this last call, area code 206-5494. You are live on Class of Yin with Gigi and Nubia. Yes, hello. This is Marche. Hey, Marche. from Seattle. Hi. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Nubia and Gigi, you both have been such a wealth of information. I am. I actually need to go back and, and replay it and take notes. Because <laughs> uh, it was really, really powerful um, and very affirming. You know, when I was a little girl, I, I've always loved dance since I was young, and you know, I definitely, I definitely loved the hula hoop and moving my hips and dancing. And 
I'm just aware that a lot of the things we've done as a ch- as children are things. Well, I can speak for myself. Are things that I am going back to. Like if there was such wisdom yeah. there naturally. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, I do have a question for you. I was curious. I, I haven't done much research on waste bees, but I was wondering what your take on what take is on those as far as helping um, with healing or if you feel like it has any effect for the womb. Beautiful, sister. First of all, you have such beautiful energy. I don't know if you know that. And I could tell you you're in touch with your childhood, girlhood thing. And I think that you brought mm-hmm. up the one thing we did not talk about, which is waste feeds. I mean, waste mm-hmm. feeds are the answer to any of the questions that we asked earlier. Um, the big question is how do we align ourselves with spirit? How do we align ourselves with our feminine or divinity, right? Excellent. Mm-hmm. Waste feeds, and there's so many sisters, uh, and if you're one of the sisters, please get in touch with Gigi because there's so many sisters that are creating waste feeds. So let me tell you my understanding of waste feeds uh, as quickly as I can. So traditionally, African women in certain culture tribes would wear waist beads. Waist beads were considered so sacred that the only person that would ever see them would be your husband. And if he went off to war, he would send your waist beads with him, and, and that would ensure that he would come back. Waist beads, particularly using stones or even using cowrie shells for women that could not get pregnant and they wanted to be fertile, they would actually make these waist beads of cowrie shells because the cowrie shells very much almost like the shape of a woman's vagina or a yoni. Mm-hmm. And it will help prom- promote a pregnancy. Also, waist beads also open up the kundalini. Waist beads also, on a visual level, are very sexual and sensual. And, like, again, depending on what stones you're using, they can also open up your womb and allow you to release and let go of trauma. So they have the ability to do that. They're very healing. And, again, I want to go back to the visual. Girl, put some waist beads on and look in the mirror. I don't care what size you are. You're going to feel fine. I'll tell you mm-hmm. that right now. I've got nine of them on. i got nine waist beads. Okay. I have, I have seven, Nubia. I have seven. What? So trust me, I know. <laughs> and you'll be fine. So great question. Waist beads are very, very much about opening up the kundalini and really inviting us to be our sexual, sensual selves. So thank you for the question. Beautiful question. Thank you mm, so thank much, you. Marche. Thank you so <laughs> much, my beautiful. Marche also has a show with us too, Nubia, um, that she's doing on Thursdays um, that is about uh, having a cookie-tude and also love story living. So, yes, yeah, she is just a beautiful butterfly, and you can you can feel her energy. And that's the reason why we have her here doing, you know, definitely sharing her story as well. So I want to thank you, Marche, for, for that question because I am a, a strong avid of women um, getting waist beads, and I do have connections to those. So if you want to get waist beads, let me know, and I can uh, get you in contact with the beautiful sisters who I know who is doing it. Definitely Demetria Lachey is the one who does my waist beads, and 
Um, I'm just in love with her and her aesthetics to, to be able to design those. So, Nubia, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. We didn't actually went over time, but it's good because it's still being recorded so we can share all this juicy information. But I want to thank you for just spending this time with me today, and I definitely, definitely welcome you to come back. I'm going to be reaching out to you more, and let's definitely do some things. Let me know whatever it is that you have going on so that I can definitely share with everybody and keep everybody in contact with you. Again, if you want to know more information about Nubia and everything that she has going on, you can um, find more information on her website, theblackberrybeauty.com. I, ch- I actually typed it out in the chat room, and I'm going to be sharing it for the next couple of days with you guys to so make sure that you stay connected to her. And I'll be coming your way, Nubia, really soon. So when I get up there, we're going to definitely build more on some things. And I'm having a conference um, this summer. So if you're in the Atlanta area, I would love to have you um, here and just sharing your story and just bringing just your energy, you know, to us here. So it's going to be June 7th through June 9th here in Atlanta. And I'll give you more information on it and keep you updated on everything. But I want to thank you again for spending your time with me tonight. And if you ever need me, please don't hesitate. If you need anything from me, anything that I can help you with, please, please definitely reach out and let me know uh, what you got going on. So thank you so much, sister, for being with me today. Peace and blessings to your beautiful spirit. And I love you very much, sister. And I will definitely be in touch. And blessings to all the people that are listening. Hotep, sister. Hotep, thank you so much. I love you as well. So thank you, everybody, for joining us tonight on the Class of Yang. Definitely be sure to check out Hubby Show tomorrow, Class of Yang. That'll be at um, 9 p.m. And then check Marche's show, Have a Cookie Tude, at 10.30 tomorrow night. So this has been Class of Yang. I want to thank you guys for spending this night with me. I love you. And until next time, and we are out. in your mind.